Please, Monroe. Please, Monroe. Please, Monroe. They're calling you. Pick up your phone. Please, Monroe. Please, Monroe. Please, Monroe. Hello and welcome to another episode of Calling Monroe, and welcome to yet another Monday. Guyon, how are you feeling? I'm good. I'm I'm actually happy. You're actually happy. Yeah. Why? Do you do you know what episode it is? Uh, episode twenty six. It means we've been doing this for half a year. This is true. That's quick math from you. Yes. Damn, we are. Uh, we can legally drive as a podcast. Exactly. Damn, should we uh, call Monroe to celebrate? Yes. All right, let's do it. Let's call him. Let's call Monroe. What's up, folks? Hey, happy anniversary, baby! Uh, yeah, six months. Mm. I was uh, walking to work this morning, all excited, listening to Monday's episode of Calling Monroe. Um, That's a bit self-absorbed, don't you think? It was a bit, well, even more self-absorbed in that I uh, had the episode playing and it was the intro song and I was just kind of walking up the road to the hospital Mm. and Mm. I, you know, I'm I'm a bit hyper in the morning and enjoy going into work and uh, I was belting out the tune and my (laughs) colleague, my colleague just cycled past me as I'm just like, Please, Monroe. Please, Monroe. She just gets this really weird look. And that is when she thought I was self-absorbed. Jesus. Wait, so you you were walking down the street singing at the top of your lungs a song uh, about you? I didn't, it wasn't about it. The fact it was about me. It was just I was listening. There was a song that was on because I was listening to the podcast. And uh, I happened to be singing that song, yeah. I never sing out loud in public. I sing out loud in public a lot. Jesus, that is. I was on. I was on the ward today, and the med student that was with me was was being quite passive aggressive about wanting me to shut the fuck up. I mean, yeah. She was like, "Oh, it's oh, you're just having a right nice little tune over there, aren't you?" Hmm. Is it like hmm. fully singing, or are you just like mumbling, like? Well, on the wards, I'm I'm not like belting out you know a Disney number or anything. But when I'm on the street, I just go for it, get loudy. Really? Yeah. Would you do it in like uh, in a supermarket, for example? Uh, depends. If I had headphones on, I would. Yeah, because then I kind of yeah. forget that people are around me. Um, I'm thinking you're at you're at Tesco. Is yeah. that your your shop of choice? Uh, Little or Aldi is. Oh, okay, fair. My kind of game. Uh, do any of these though can feel free to sponsor us. But <laughs> yeah. uh, so you're there. You're at the self checkout. Mm. You got headphones on. Mm. You're you know doing shit. Are you singing at the top of your lungs? No, at the checkout, no, because then I'm engaging with the individual at the checkout, obviously. Mm. No, I said you're at the self-checkout. Oh, self-checkout. Yeah, yeah, self-checkout. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Even if there's people, like, around you? Yeah. Oh, my God. I just... Not at the top of my lungs, then, though. It's not like it's it's uncomfortable for everyone else. You know, I'm just... I mean, regardless of volume, I think it's uncomfortable, isn't it? Why? Like it's when I see other people sing, when I go down the street and I see other people singing, I'm always like, "Eh, hey, they're having a good time." Yeah, yeah. it, it okay. sounds fun. Okay, I want you to sing for me right now at the sort of volume that you would sing at the self checkout. Sing the Calling Monroe theme song. Please Monroe, please Monroe, please Monroe. <laughs> <laughs> You're a fucking crazy person. <laughs> oh my god! Uh, but the other annoying thing about me uh, is that I'll get a bit of a song in my head mm-hmm. and then I'll only know like a 10 second segment of that song and I will happily entertain myself for weeks on that 10 second loop of just going over. So the classic one was when Mel and I were cycling across Madagascar. It took us seven weeks and for the whole seven weeks, the only song I had in my head was, we're going down, we're out in timber, na 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 na. Nah, 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 nah. And that was all of the song I could remember. And mm. for the whole seven weeks, I just had that on repeat in my head. And then when she would be like, oh, no, you fucking stop it. Then I'd be like, oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. And then without knowing it, I'd be like, mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. That's Tough annoying. That now. sounds annoying. That's, yeah. I mean, I cannot believe Mel puts up with it. Yeah. Yeah. She agreed to marry you. 
Well, fair enough. I've never noticed this in you. And honestly, I've never heard a person in public sing like this. I, I, I see it sometimes. You're walking down the street and someone's having a sing song. Yeah. Are they? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> fair, maybe. <laughs> right, I don't know. You just don't know fun people. That's true. That's true. I just know you guys. Mm. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> uh, I like uh, tap a lot and like not like drum but like like tap out rhythms and stuff a lot mm, yeah so I think that's like exactly <laughs> precisely that was Monroe by the way not me no it was me <laughs> that was Gucci yeah, not Monroe wait that was Gucci uh, yeah, yeah. Well, how did you do that I, I did table line sitting at <laughs> are you lying to us about being disabled <laughs> and you're actually a world class <laughs> yeah, drummer yeah, yeah. <laughs> what the hell you're actually you're actually the the fucking drummer of the red hot chili peppers yeah it is wasn't it good it, uh, yeah <laughs> jesus Christ, you're just you're pumping out jungle rhythms yeah mad respect mad respect uh, yeah, I'll do that, but less well than than Gwilion, I guess. Had another uh, funny funny instance at a self checkout where me and my mate went in uh, kind of early hours of the morning to get some food and uh, were under the influence of mm-hmm. a non unspecified uh, what's the word I'm looking for psychoactive. Yeah, <laughs> we went to got to the self checkout and just could not work out how to pay for the food that we had and we're just standing there just just could not work it out and then this poor lady came over and just was like oh, i'll help you out boys and clearly clearly understood exactly what was going on mm-hmm. uh, and then just put the card in got the contact list to work and then sent us on our way what, a random lady no no it was someone from like the from oh, okay. It would have been better if it was just like a random human. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't have enjoyed that being you or her. I wouldn't have enjoyed being anyone in that scenario. Mm. Do we think I don't like drug I don't dealers like being are, Do we think drug dealers are what? Bad people? No. No. Yeah. Uh, well, I guess if they're selling like heroin to children, then yeah. we might put a question mark by that one. Also, if they're cutting drugs with fentanyl, then they're bad people. Because there's no need for that. Yeah, you're just killing people. Otherwise, nah. I mean, whatever. What I was gonna say is, uh, that woman and you. So you guys were on different levels, mm-hmm. uh, sort of in your noodle in your brain space. Yeah, that to me is one of the worst social situations. <clears throat> is being being sober around drunk people, or being drunk around sober people, or yeah. being you know, you don't want to be. Uh, on a different psychoactive at a different psychoactive state and then the people around uh, you I still think it's better <laughs> to be not drunk around drunk people than being drunk around not drunk people well I don't know I think with with alcohol I disagree because alcohol you don't really care yeah but the thing is I will feel like weird that when everyone else are drinking but the others won't notice but if I'm the only one drunk everyone will notice I mean yeah, it, yeah. but it depends on how drunk you are if you're like if you're so far gone that you no longer care, then you no longer care. But then it's going to be even worse the next morning. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, like if you have a couple of drinks and then you go to lunch with your boss or something, like that's that's a bad time. Yeah. One of my friends accidentally picked a thousand pounds worth of magic mushrooms, and no, did you think dis- he was just picking like regular mushrooms? Oh, no, well, no, he knew he was picking that. Um, and he just went out for a couple hours and. Just it got into the process and enjoyed it. Came home and dried them, and then when he weighed them, he realized he had a thousand pounds of what class are magic mushrooms in terms of drugs in the UK? I don't know. The UK is it's ridiculous. It has like yeah, everything. Everything's basically still the highest. Yeah, yeah. Even and that what's his name, Professor David Nutt, uh, who was the scientific advisor, was he said that that was stupid and that they should Mm. reschedule it, and he was fired for it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but, mushrooms are a class A. So he has a thousand pounds of course. class A drugs. Perfect. Mm. It's good that you're saying this in a public forum. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's nice. Tell, tell his name. Yeah, what's his name and address, preferably? Yeah. Date of birth, etc. National insurance number. So like there's places like, is it Canada now that allow uh, 
they just changed it so that they're allowing mushrooms for for use in depression and stuff. Really? I think so. I think I read that somewhere. Uh, and then you have the UK where they have it Schedule A, which is reserved yeah. for stuff that apparently what is it has no in the in the US at least the the most forbidden whatever is if it has no accepted medical use mm -hmm. and is considered harmful or some shit. Oh really? Yeah, I, but like I think it is like it has a medical use in low dose in a talk therapy, something like that. Okay, yeah, but I mean, that's already a uh, a medical use. Yeah, I think it was that for PTSD or something. Like it's that. for PTSD and some severe depression, I think. Yeah, I don't remember. It was something. Yeah, they uh, also want to use PTSD. Yeah, yeah, and they also want to use uh, ecstasy. That's like the classic one for for therapy. Like mm -hmm. before, it was banned. Then. It was used just by therapists. You would like give your your patients a bit of ecstasy and then and then start the fucking therapy session. Yeah. <sighs> oh yeah, this is Professor Nutt saying alcohol is the worst of all the drugs. Well, I mean, uh, yeah, yeah. I guess I mean, I guess people get violent on alcohol. It's addictive uh, to certain. People. It really like fucks your body as well. Yeah, yeah. Like in the long run, it's not a it's not a nice boy. I mean, it's it's also it's a more it's very common. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like everyone drinks. So in drinks. a way, you will see more of things that happen. Yeah, sure, yeah. sure. Some part of it. I mean, I'm not saying all of it is that, but yeah. some part of it is skewing the data. Well, That's true. So you seem to be implying that it's more harmful than crack, is what all the headlines are saying. And that does seem, seems a little far-fetched, although I... I, I mean, crack, really is, crack is an interesting one, right? Because... Uh, uh, I'm going to Google this just so that I don't uh, talk out of my ass because this relates to Joseph Bidon. So the, the Anti-Drug Abuse Act of 1986 and 1988 uh, in, in the U.S. Then they had this, what was known as the 100 to 1 rule okay. uh, in terms of uh, sentencing when it came to cocaine. So you got a 10-year sentence if you were caught with 50 grams of crack but if you were, if you wanted to get uh, an equivalent sentence for powdered cocaine, you had to be caught with five thousand grams. Mm. So they basically criminalized crack cocaine a uh, hundred mm. times more than powdered cocaine, which was a total coincidence because uh, crack cocaine was the one that poor minorities were exposed yeah, exactly. to, and powdered cocaine was the stuff that stockbrokers use. So like that's totally unrelated, probably. You know, they didn't they didn't factor that in at all in their decision making. Mm. Yeah, it's like morphine is for rich people, heroin is for poor people. Yeah, exactly. So they usually criminalize the stuff that's for poor people. <laughs> it's like there's a good quote. Uh, a I mean, most of the politicians actually. are probably taking cocaine. Uh, yeah, someone. of course. Every, everyone. I'm not gonna claim that. <laughs> Isn't cocaine considered like the great equalizing drug? Like all socioeconomic classes do cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think so. I'm gonna find this quote. It's a good quote. It's by Anatoly France. Can you imagine if your last name was France? Anyway, he says, in its majestic equality, the law forbids rich and poor alike to sleep under bridges, beg in the streets, and steal loaves of bread. Yeah. Yeah. The uh, yeah, so in, in David Nutt's thing, he basically argued that class A drugs should be heroin and cocaine and alcohol, mm. and that drugs like LSD and cannabis should be downgraded for being less harmful, and that tobacco is more dangerous than cannabis and LSD. And this was basically after they looked at. What the data said, but the politicians were were not having any of it. Yeah, mm. it's like uh, there's those charts, right? We they showed us one of these in uh, in Aberdeen in one of our lectures, and I remember it where they basically plot on the x-axis is uh, physical harm potential, basically. Mm -hmm. uh, so how much bad shit it does to your body, and then on the y-axis is dependence, so how uh, addictive it is, basically. Oh yeah, and then you can just plot anything on that. And in like the top right corner, just very high on both is heroin. Mm -hmm. And then cocaine is like slightly down, uh, slightly southwest of it. And then slightly south southwest of that are barbiturates. And then alcohol 
is so they divide this up into three groups there's the stuff that's color-coded red in this graph that i'm looking at and there's basically just the bad stuff it's heroin cocaine barbiturates and street methadone are red and then you have the orange stuff which is you know has pretty high physical harm and dependence and both tobacco and alcohol are there and then you get stuff like lsd and, and cannabis and ecstasy and all this shit down in like the bottom left corner where it's mm. basically you know has very limited physical harm yeah. And low abuse potential or dependence potential, rather. I mean, some parts of it is if you're getting the pure compound. Well, yeah. I mean, I think one of the worst things about shit being illegal is that people just are just snorting random white powders. <laughs> and then you end up dying because you just get some shit that some dude you don't even know gave you. Yeah. Yeah, man. We're getting political. Mm. Yeah, we should decrease it now. <laughs> All right, man, whatever. <clears throat> uh, okay, I have a question for you, Mino. You're a doctor. Yeah. But you're not a vet. Do you know any vets? I know a doctor that pretended to be a vet. What? Okay, that... tell this story first of all. So so there was a gorilla at Bristol Zoo. What? 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 How did And they... <laughs> <laughs> there was a gorilla at Bristol Zoo. Mm. And the mum, for whatever reason, I'm not sure what it was, uh, the, well, the gorilla was pregnant, and um, the pregnant gorilla for had preeclampsia, which is a condition where you kind of get high blood pressure and stuff during pregnancy. Anyway, this all meant that she couldn't give birth vaginally, and so she had to have a C-section. So one of the professors, Professor David Cahill from uh, big old Bristol, said, nay bother, I'm a gynecologist. I'll study a little bit of gorilla anatomy and give it a C-section. And he was successful. And everyone ended up all right in the end. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's a good story, but it it's sort of like uh, you have an, an, a fighter pilot and someone's like, oh no, our pilot on this commercial aircraft is sick. What are we going to do? It's going to crash. And he's like, well, I'm a fighter pilot. I'll just try to try to fucking land it. And then he's successful. <laughs> he's like, well, yeah, obviously. Like, you know this shit already. Like, a gorilla is just a hairy person. <laughs> it's basically a human. Yeah. Uh, what would it take to impress you, Raggy Roo? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, come on, man. That, more than this, surely. Like, if it was a dog or a fucking frog, <laughs> at that point, I'd You'd be, be more impressed, impressed if, he did, if he did a C-section and took some tadpoles out, frog spot out of a frog. Yeah, I would, because yeah. frogs lay eggs. Like, this would be miraculous. <laughs> frogs' eggs are, they're fertilized post coming out, aren't they? I don't or know. Are they fertilized or, inside? Uh, I don't think anyone knows, yes. actually. I don't... I have <laughs> Nobody knows. How are, you supposed to know? How are you supposed to know? None of us are frogs. Yeah, that's uh, true. In most species of frogs, fertilization is external, it says here. Mm. The male frog grabs the female's back and fertilizes the eggs as the female frog releases them. That's kind of cool. Mm. It's like a, a, a joint effort, if you will. Yeah. Mm. Teamwork makes the dream work. Absolutely. The bullfrog can lay as many as 20,000 eggs at a time. Mm. I assume at a time. It just says lay as many eggs as 20,000. So it wouldn't be impressive if it's not at a time. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I guess it's impressive because I would never lay 20,000 eggs. And a chicken probably doesn't lay 20,000 eggs. If you eggs. laid one egg, I'd be impressed. <laughs> Do I have to have created the egg myself or can I? I mean, <laughs> whichever, whichever way, I'd still be impressed. But would we you? got onto this because you were asking me if I uh, knew any vets. Right, right, right. Do you think, I was thinking about this before, because, so I've taken my dog to the vet a lot lately, mm. and the vet was pretty good, and I was just wondering, do you think the average vet is a better vet than the average doctor is a doctor? Because you talk mm. about doctors being bad. <laughs> so, so, the thing is, the actually on vets, I would say the requirement is less. You need to do less to do the right thing. Do you? But there, you have to know more yeah, than one animal. Yeah, there's less requirement. There's less requirement for the animal. Why? Because it is like this, really, that if a cow gets sick mm. or a sheep, mm. then you just, instead of getting, what's it called, saline, saline water, Yeah. you just boil water and put salt in it. And then you put it in the cow, and if the cow starts to be, get like a septic shock, you just kill it. Is this universally true? <laughs> this is this is what a wet told me in school. Okay. 
He Fair. said, when they give animals like these drugs, they try, they hope to do the right thing. If they mistakenly give them too much or or th- or they start to get a sh- septic shock, they just kill the animal. I would come at it from a different angle because I would okay. say... I mean, people... I hope you come at it from a different angle because this is fucking sociopathic. <laughs> <laughs> people... Um, People become doctors for various reasons because if like, if you're a doctor, you get status. You know, being a doctor mm. is a great dinner party kind of like classic job. You get. I love that you went there first. Well paid. Most people, yeah, most people. Thank you. The first two are the good ones. Most people would be like, they become a doctor because you want to help people and because you know, like that's not true. <laughs> There's lots of motives to become it. Like so, some people do go in it because, or some people just at school were just clever and good at science and good at math. So obviously you do medicine. Like there's a whole. Whereas mm. to become a vet, I'd say is more typical of just someone who is passionate about becoming a vet and mm. the actual process of being a vet. Because vets are really poorly paid. It's quite a stressful job. Uh, mm. and it was surprising. Are they poorly so. paid? Yeah, I didn't realize this, but. Uh, they are, and they also have to work harder at uni than we do. Because I pay them a lot. Because we, so in we get our summers at uni, whereas vets are expected to do their placements over their summer holidays, so they don't even get the uni summer breaks that you get during medicine and stuff. So I think being a vet is more an act of passion for being a vet, whereas being a doctor, some people are passionate about it, sure, but some people just want status and money and that sort of stuff. So I'd say vets. Holy shit! Uh, so a veterinarian. In the UK, salary estimates between twenty six and fifty thousand pounds a year. Yeah, and when you consider the length of time they have to study for, how competitive it is to get in, and then the sort of uh, risks, especially if you if you're like running your own vet practice, so you've got a lot of risks in just terms of the business and all that sort of stuff. And it's like pediatrics as well, where you've just got annoying parents. Like you're happy to look after the animal, but you just have to put up with the annoying parents all the time. One thing I realized when I was watching British TV. Like in a TV station channel, TV channel. I'm glad you specified that. What? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, no, no. That that it's always like I. W- it's so long time ago I watched it. So then it's so funny. There are so many advertisements for like animal some shelters and give money. It's like oh, like charity uh, advertisements. Yeah, charity. Yeah, advertisement. Like dogs with flies on them and shit. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Sad dogs in cages. Yeah, they do that in the UK. They love to advertise charities. It's, it's a lot of it. Yeah. <laughs> I like how you sell that as a bad thing. <laughs> it's not, I'm not saying it's a bad thing. No, it's not a bad. It's just cringy. <laughs> it's like, just give five pounds a month and you'll put yeah. this dog through school. Like, <sighs> and it's, yeah, it's always someone, all these charity adverts, it's always someone with a fucking fly on them. Like, <laughs> you can't. What? It's true. It's fucking true, though, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not saying. Yeah, it is true. Yeah. I'm saying they're like they're they're milking I mean, your emotions. It is emotion. horrible to have a fly. Yeah, of you. course. Imagine having a fly on you and not caring about it. Like you must be in a bad yeah. place. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. That's surely right. that's the message they're trying to convey. That's, that is the message they're yeah. conveying. <laughs> what a man i agree yeah. with myself so uh, do you not get so any you, is it all just naked people on the phone is that what yeah. you get adverts for in uh, iceland as opposed to any charity adverts actually yeah, i don't yeah. watch i don't watch tv neither do i i don't Damn. I don't, have a, I don't have a tv right now either in my flat nice are you just saying that so you don't pay a fucking tv license yeah i keep i get a letter i'd say once a week saying to the legal owner of this household, pay your TV mm. license, but I don't have a TV. Yeah. In Iceland, you just pay it uh, automatically, right, Grillian? Like the the TV license so. thing. The, what's it called? Like Nefskatter or something? Isn't that the... the yeah. Nose tax. Nose tax. Yeah, because it's one per nose. Because the nose is the only the only body part you have one of. Your heart, you just have one heart. <laughs> <laughs> no, you actually have two. And your tongue? Oh. I guess external body part, yeah. You're willy, but now everyone has a willy. <laughs> I mean, you have, what are you talking about? External, you have one mouth, you have one belly button, you have one... One belly button, yeah. Lots of bits you only have one of, but... All the stuff, for those of you who have never thought about this, all the stuff in the center of your body, you have one of. But yeah. all the stuff that's not in the middle, you have two of. Also, if you're trying 
to fight someone, mm. that line from like their nose down the center of their body, that's where that's where you hit, apparently. What the whole line? <laughs> just anywhere in that line, I think in general. I don't know. I don't know how to fight anyone. Just I know you broke your foot in first first kickboxing class. I did. I'd say punch someone in the nose, like straight in the nose, because that is the worst. Like your ears tear your ears tear up. Ugh. Your eyes tear up. <laughs> your uh, and you're like a bit fucked. And then you like if they're a dude, you just kick you like punch them in the nose and kick them in the balls and then just run away, I think is the good one, right? <laughs> yeah. Or just like punch them in the throat. That's gangster. Um hey, one thing. Mm. I'm not even gonna try to do a segue now. Okay, you're just you're gonna, just gonna admit that I'm you're saying no. Let's shit. go try and do a segue. Just just make something up. Uh, what what were we talking about? Punching, Punching people in the, in the throat. Yeah, accidents. Oh, <laughs> <Nice>. okay. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of, that's an injury. That's an injury. Right. Talking about an injury. Yeah. So there, there. Have you heard the story about this? Okay, we're not gonna become religious. It doesn't really also connect to what anyone believes, but there's this movie that was made like 10 years ago called The Boy Who Came Back From Heaven. No. Have you heard about that? No. It's actually about this. It's about a traffic accident that happened in 2004 and there were like father and son that had this accident and the father is a priest and the thing is it, it was made a movie. I've seen the movie. I've seen like part of it. I thought it was weird. But what happens is that the kid allegedly goes to heaven and comes back. And he actually has a severe injury, the kid, and is, is handicapped now. But the thing is, the father, he wrote a book then about this. And he's like describing how the f- kid like saw his father fly out of the body and, and him flying off to, out of the body, going and meet Jesus and stuff. Mm-hmm. And they wrote this book together. And now, like in 2000, uh, recently, 2008, 15 then actually the kid says he it, it's a made up story he never went to he never went to heaven mm-hmm. he just made it up and the father is now like still claiming like he doesn't want to talk about that he did anything wrong or anything he just got a lot of money yeah the father took all the money from the book right yeah yeah he took all the money for the book and, and left and left and do you know what is the funniest thing about this do you know what is this man's name is? Oh God! <laughs> <laughs> what is it? His name is Kevin Malarkey. <laughs> <laughs> oh, nice irony. <laughs> yeah, what's there's a name for that? Uh, uh, when your your name like uh, yeah. predisposes you to becoming something, you know? Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, I, I, I feel called... like I've got such issue with that. So people, people believing that believing what to see that this that he that he went to he- that he went to heaven and came back. It's just so unlikely. It's, yeah, it's, but I mean, like, it's, it's a popular Christian book. Yeah, apparently. but it's called nom- You go, Raggy Roo. You go. <laughs> it's called nominative determinism. I'm ignoring your your <laughs> spiritual debate here. Uh, <laughs> It's the hypothesis that people tend to gravitate towards areas of work that fit their names. We talked about this before, didn't we? we yeah, we about did. The, yeah, uh, yeah. The twins or whatever, that one of them was called like dope ass gangster motherfucker and the other one was called like piece of shit or something. Mm-hmm. And then the piece of shit was, ended up being a piece of shit and the dope ass gangster motherfucker was like dope ass gangster motherfucker. Was it not the opposite way around? I don't know. Something. <laughs> It was a good story. Yeah, great story. Dave Randall hit us up with the... <laughs> he was the one that pointed us in that direction first so he can correct us. One explanation for nominative determinism is implicit egotism, which states that humans have an unconscious preference for things they associate with themselves. Do you agree with this or yes or no? Yes. Yes. <laughs> okay, fair. <laughs> done. 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 Next topic. <laughs> uh, I... I think, so Ole and I, we, we talked about this once. I hope, yeah, he won't mind me calling him out on this. Because I think we came to the conclusion once that we only like things that are about ourselves or turn us on. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's all we enjoy. But then, uh, like, turn us on as in just, l- like, literally get you horny or turn us on as in just turn you on because they kind of stimulate you in some way. Because then think, that's just you liking something. So that's kind of I think the may, no, I point. think probably the former. I mean, we were being ridiculous and we were obviously trying to boil something down to 
you know, far more than was realistic. But yeah, I like because we we were I, we, I was talking about Bo Burnham. Do you know Bo Burnham, the comedian? Yeah. And he did that thing, Make Happy, which was a good uh, stand-up special, a very good stand-up special. And then I mentioned liking it, and Oli was like, "Yeah, of course you like it. He's you." And I was like, "Oh yeah, <laughs> like I do like things that are just." Me, but then I don't know. Like one of uh, the girls at uni, she once told me that she played the the bells. You know the ding 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 ding, ding whatever. Uh, how big are these bells? They're like hand bells. Uh, oh, oh yeah, yeah, okay. That's weird, but yeah, go on. Yeah, exactly. And it's something I have no interest in picking up. It's something that uh, has no relevance to my life, but. I find it really interesting just because it was something completely different and out there. So I wanted to talk to her about it for a bit. So that mm-hmm. I liked that, even though it had no re- reference to me. But did she turn you on? No. At all? No. Interesting. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. You've put a dent in this theory. Yeah. Oh, well. Put a I dent mean, in the bells. Absolutely. I was thinking when you said bells, I was thinking she like rang church bells. That too, she did that too. No way. No, she actually. In did. fact, it wasn't handheld bells at all. It was church bell ringing that she did. That's actually yeah, because that's that's even that is like exactly a, what it was. That's an even weirder hobby because it's a group activity. It's like it's basically the equivalent of synchronized swimming. Can you imagine how bad it is for the local village when they're practicing as well? You get some new new group. It's the beginner's turn, and the bells oh are God. just. Can I can I stop a little bit? <laughs> Yes. What 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 are we talking about? We're talking about uh what are we talking about? <laughs> <laughs> I ringing, don't know. <laughs> ringing bells and shit. Oh yeah, stuff stuff that we like. Do you only like stuff that's like related it. to you? And what 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 were we talking about then people coming to the town? What? With a bell ringing, bro. Don't worry about it. Ringing church. <laughs> what, what what is that? You don't know oh. church bell ringing? Yeah, is that like a hobby? Well, it's, I didn't know it was a, a hobby. But I only know that it's a thing because in Midsummer Murders, do you okay. know that show? Yeah, oh, Midsummer Murders, a British no classic. Sense. Yeah, in Midsummer Murders, then uh, one of the episodes involves like a bell ringing troop or whatever. Mm. That's my. That's the only bit of like knowledge that I have. All of it comes from this one episode of Midsummer Murders. That's why the conversation didn't make sense to me. I guess because you like, haven't what? seen Midsummer Murders. I've seen it. You know, my mom Not has met episode. has met him, the man who plays Inspector Barnaby. Oh, really? Haven't there been a few Barnabys? Yeah, but the the real one. Come on now. Oh, you mean he exists? No, I mean, uh, what's what the fuck is his name? Uh, his name is John Nettles. I do not know him. He's a a beautiful man, and he doesn't know me. You know what's a a cool job within uh, the sort of film TV industry that I didn't really know existed until I spent a week with this guy who did it. Location scouts. Mm. So he this this guy was a location ah, scouts yeah. for films and adverts and TV and he would just hang around in his convertible during the day and then go look for lunch and then every so often he'd get a phone call from a producer or a director saying oh I need a location and they'd describe it and then he'd cruise around and he'd sometimes just go around neighborhoods and be like oh that's the perfect house and then knock on the door and say hey I really like your house can we use it for an advert or for a film and then if they needed some mountain scene he'd just drive around the mountains until he found something and then send some pictures back to the producer or the director and yeah cool job they even travel long distance mm. to do this if a man knocked on my door and said that then i would immediately assume he was, was scouting boring. my house for a for a break-in oh that was different different what i was thinking yeah <laughs> no i would immediately assume that he was not to be trusted mm-hmm. yeah I guess he's probably got a bit of a spiel down to get them to trust you. A spielberg, if you will. If someone came to your house and said to you, I used to live here as a child, would you mind if I came in and took a look around? What would you say? No. Really? Well, it depends. Depends how, because, so actually, so I'm reading a book called Admissions by a Dr. Henry Marsh, who did a more famous book uh, called uh, Do No Harm. And he's a neurosurgeon um, who kind of has had quite an interesting career. Anyway, in the book, he's doing up this house and someone actually comes up to him um, and says that it used to be his childhood home. But they kind of get talking and build a bit of a relationship. And then after that, he he offers, he invites him in as opposed to the guy asking to come in. 
So I feel mm-hmm. like if it ended up like that, but if someone just knocked on the door and said, can I lay, come in? No. Fair. I was at um, my childhood home at some point in the past. I don't remember exactly when. And I was there and I was showing someone. And I was like, oh, I used to live here. And then a person came up to the house and was like, hi, can I help you? And I was like, oh, uh, I used to live here. And then she was super excited by it. And like, oh, do you want to come look around? Oh, that was nice. And she like gave me apples from the garden and shit. Was it an apple tree that was there when you were a boy? It was It was an apple tree uh, that had been there when I was when I lived there. Yeah, and I'd eaten apples from it before. So but I, was, I imagine uh, it being a combination of really great and nostalgic, but then also sad because they'd then put their own mark on your home. Uh, I mean, it was fine. <laughs> I don't know. Like, yeah, I don't know. It was fine. It was, yeah, I live in a different place now. The nostalgia <laughs> and the, the deep love that you have for those memories. Yeah, my emotions run real deep. Uh, <laughs> speaking of deep, then, well, not deep at all. Uh, Fogey, so we had a, we had a, we had a comment on, remember last, last week I was saying how everything sucks. Like, all the stuff you hype up sucks. What stuff? Like, uh, when you hype up an event, when you're like, when oh, I, yeah, yeah, I mentioned, yeah, 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 yeah. like, the World yeah. Cup final, yeah. they're always less good than what, like, what you expect them to be. Yeah. Mr. Fogarty, he, he messaged me, and then it just, it seems to just be to, like, rub salt in the wound. Once we made, like, a big meal of watching the Champions League final. Mm-hmm. And the whole thing was kind of boring, except for one incredible bit where, like, a dude scored with a bicycle kick, and it was sick. And that was the only part of the game where I had left the room to go get a drink. <laughs> and, yeah, he he calls it Champions League Syndrome. Is that a thing? Nice, yeah. Is it a thing where, like, where where you tend to miss the best part of the best parts? Uh, I guess. So I, if, I if think it's, it's more that people remember it because it happened. Mm, yeah. And also, if sense. the best part only occurs over 10 seconds of a 90-minute game, then the chance of you seeing that 10 seconds is relatively slim, I suppose. That's true. Uh, have have we... So, you know American football, speaking of sports. Yeah. Uh, speaking of 10 seconds and 90-minute games. So, someone, uh, someone analyzed NFL games mm-hmm. and came to the conclusion, the statistical conclusion, that the average professional American football game lasts three hours and 12 minutes, which is a long time. But if you tally up the time when the ball is actually in play, the action amounts to how much do you think? Uh, I'm going to say 30 minutes. Gucci? 12 minutes? Yeah, 11 minutes. Hello. 11 minutes. So you're sitting there for three hours and 12 minutes. For like you're there for like 192 minutes. Yeah, that's math. I mean, they're, and, always, they're always like chatting set up again and then yeah. start. I tried to watch the Super Bowl once and it's just you can't cuz they they set up for like 15 minutes they and then they like throw the ball once and do one thing and then like 5 seconds later it's over and they're like taking off their helmets and going to have a chat and stuff. It's crazy. That's why they eat the whole time. Absolutely. The uh, the helmets are a controversial one as well, aren't they? Because they they introduce helmets to try and make it safer, but then now people use their head as a weapon yeah, because they have a helmet on. Mm-hmm. And yet another time where a scientist was demonized for trying to get the evidence-based truth out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was his name? Uh-huh. That scientist that said that um, head collisions... Concussion. Concussion. Concussion during uh, games led to neurodeg- neurodegenerative disorders later in life. Uh, I don't know, but I know that there was a study that took a bunch of dead ex-NFL players or professional yeah. football players and looked mm-hmm. at them, and 100% of them had what's it called CTE, chronic traumatic encephalopathy. Really? Yeah, all every single one of them. No way. So that's pretty good. Uh, but it's like the thing we talked about once with boxing gloves, how like it gives the impression of safety when in fact it makes things worse. Yeah. Now your head doesn't hurt mm-hmm. so much, so you can just smash into people with it, but like your brain still feels that impact. Yeah. Speaking of brains, do you know how to gleat, Monroe? What's a what's gleat? You don't know gleating? No. Do you know what gleating is? Uh, no. Gleating is when you. Uh, let me see if there's a, a well phrased urban dictionary definition for me to read out. Okay, so according to Merriam-Webster, it's a chronic inflammation as gonorrhea of a bodily orifice, usually accompanied by an abnorm- abnormal discharge. But that's absolute. Oh, gleeking. 
is what it's really called. I thought it was called gleeting. I guess I'm doing a Monroe here. <laughs> Gleeking is the projection of saliva from the sublingual gland upon compression of the tongue. So it's like when you squirt, uh, you know, you can do like a little snake squirt of saliva yeah, out of yeah. your mouth. Yeah. Like a, no, I didn't know. It, what, you it didn't never know? happened to you mistakenly. No. Like you yawn or something and then like a little squirt comes out of your mouth. <laughs> no, that's yeah. not a thing. This yes, is it not is real. a thing. Yes. 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 A thing. It yeah. has happened to me. What do you mean? Yeah, it, it has happened to me. <laughs> But Fogarty can do it on purpose, and he's like, he's gleeked on me. What? Yeah, you can like shoot people from a, not a long distance, but from like a meter away. I've never seen this before. It's when it comes oddly a, a lot of saliva from your mouth. Yeah. It's like... Yeah. It says, it says on Wikipedia, gleeking can be induced by pressing the underside of the tongue upwards against the palate then pushing the tongue forward while simultaneously moving the jaw slightly forward, or by yawning deeply and pressing the tongue against the palate. You're mm. a doctor, Monroe. Come on. Nah. I, I, can't I can't do it. I'm trying. I'm sitting here trying to do it. Um, I can't. Also, I think it was Dr. Bennett Omalu, who was the neurosurgeon, that was trying to say that uh, you get brain trauma after. Mm. Shout out. Do you think he would uh, sponsor us? <laughs> I bet he's doing well for himself now. Um, no, I can't do this gleeking thing. I want to. I want to see someone who can do it. I'm going to ask people at work. I'll maybe I'll ask my patients. I'll pretend it's part of the exam. Like, can you just try and uh, try and eject spit from your mouth like a snake? <laughs> <laughs> just try, or just just knock on people's doors. And be like, hey, I'm uh, I'm a, a scout for a movie, and we're looking for a location <laughs> where people squirt saliva out of their mouth. <laughs> Do you think that uh, gleeking, because none of us can do it on command, right? No. no. So it, it it can't count as our skill of the week, can it? <laughs> <laughs> well, it is if we could, if you can do it. Yeah. So like I, I did read out then, the Wikipedia instructions for how to do it. I can't do which, it. No, neither can I. But I've, I've got been, a skill like, of the week that also none of us can do. Okay. Yeah. So I guess two skills that none of us can do equates equals one skill. Like equals one skill that we can mm-hmm. do. This skill, I don't know if I've done it before. Have I spoken about the moon cup before? Uh, no. No, but it's 2020. We should all know what that is. Yeah. yeah. Moon cup. So it's basically just a Yay. silicone shot glass that you use when you're on your period. <laughs> yeah. And uh, no. You don't use it like a shot glass. You use it in the opposite way. That in the opposite way, glass. yeah, yeah. But it's, Mel's a big fan of it, and we she she <laughs> so she started using it when we went to Madagascar, mm. and obviously that was the time when we would kind of not have access to shops for long periods of time because we were going to remote places and mm. um, we'd be camping and doing all that sort of stuff. Um, and she used it then to great success, and it's better for the environment as well because you don't have uh waste with it because it's just reusable and it can potentially make periods a bit cheaper and simpler fair yeah there is a bit of an adjustment period because you obviously not pun unintended um because obviously you have to get used to taking it out cleaning it um Mm. and then putting it back in um whereas with tampons and stuff like that you obviously just take it out bin it and then put a clean one back in so there is a bit of an adjustment period but it's uh, that's the adjustment period surely that we want all of humanity to undergo in every way isn't it away from this single use uh thing into like this maybe slightly uh, more inconvenient but better multi-use yeah whatever uh so that uh yeah two skills that none of us can do uh, cool. That's pretty good. Uh, should, are we ready for parting words? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. yeah. Damn. Uh, I'm just so blown away by our skills. Uh, do you have any parting words? Uh, yes. No. Okay. <laughs> it, it it might be stormy now, but rain doesn't last forever. Mm. Eh. I'm gonna or, give that one a five out of ten. Yeah, it was not good. No, like there was no, there was no like. Uh, n- well, no, I don't. <laughs> but there was no like. Uh, 
it wasn't clever at all. Like, you know, you, when you start mm. talking about a storm, I want there to be like, I want But, you to okay. continue the metaphor. Okay, read, see this. Okay. If my status says I'm in Dubai and mm-hmm. you see me in the local street, mm. then you are also in Dubai. Please don't complicate things. Okay, so like snitches get stitches, basically. Yeah, yeah. I can agree with that one. Because snitches do get stitches. Am I right, Monroe? <laughs> how many how many snitches do you stitch up daily at the hospital? 36. Yeah, absolutely. So <laughs> listen to that, boys and girls. And be kind. Mm, yes, sir. I uh, mean, it doesn't really make sense after what I just said. Uh, no, because it's unkind to snitch. And it's kind to uh, gently correct a snitch's behavior by giving him stitches. I'm going to say yeah, yeah. we should encourage snitches what <laughs> whistleblowers Why? that's not snitching that is snitching yeah what's his name what's what's the american uh computer man called snow edward edward, edward snowden, snowden. he's edward the biggest Norton. snitch ever no he's not the biggest snitch ever well but he's a pretty no, big he's, snitch he's so what he did he's an anti-snitch because he snitching is typically like telling an authority about something that someone not in authority did mm. but he told the people not in authority what the people in authority were doing he did the opposite of snitching he snitched to the people yeah he he anti-snitched which is acceptable if he had <laughs> okay. gone to if he had gone to the NSA and been like look at what the public are doing then he'd be a snitch mm, i see you know what i'm I saying see, i see that that difference I, I, i do not know if this is the definition but it makes sense yeah That's yeah i agree it. i i like it nice okay Snitches do get stitches. That is a we can't deviate from that. That is it's that's the constitution. <laughs> But do snitches stitches get snitches? No, never. Don't be absurd. <laughs> <laughs> Monroe, do you have any parting words? I just want to thank anyone who's been listening to us for six bloody months. Honestly, yeah. don't know how yeah, you do geez. it. Like that's that is uh, a sign of perseverance if ever I've seen one. Put that on your CV. Yeah. Yeah, either that or we can just finally admit to ourselves that we're entertaining and attractive and cool. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, sure. Validation. Uh, yeah. Speaking of validation, oh, I just got validation from our uh, ever-absent uh, publicist, Livia. Livia. Uh-huh. She, I showed her my home gym system that should be arriving any day now. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to quote her, actually. That's how far I'm going to go. That is how far I am going to go. Your She home said, gym system is going to be the dumbest, stupidest shit. You buy so much exercise crap. What the fuck? What other exercise crap have I bought? You bought that? Do you know what What was it? You bought that thing that was like, a, a, an, it was basically an arm, but cut off from the shoulder. So it just had... Uh, so it was just the elbow joint of the arm with with and cut off at the shoulder, and then you just put resistant bands on it, and it did stuff, and it was absurd. I never mm. bought that. Did, you were you did you ordered it? What the hell are you talking about? No, you've, you've ordered some weird because that's why I always tag you in stupid exercise kit because you ordered some weird. Oh yeah, well you're talking about the Oyo Fitness, the Nova, the one that I'm talking about <laughs> Look right at now. You, now you know. Yeah, because you're talking about it as if it's crazy and bad. But Livia said, that's cool. Ha ha ha. It does look pretty awesome. And then I said some shit. And then she said, that's really interesting, actually. I get why you bought it. Oh, no. Yeah, um, and you have right. a Fitbit as well. Why do you have a Fitbit? Because, bro, I just got 10,000 steps before we recorded this podcast. <laughs> you're <laughs> such a virgin. <laughs> the fuck are you talking about what's wrong with having a fitbit uh so much so much you are you probably have one of these like gps watches that tells you what the fucking air pressure is outside which is relevant if i'm climbing oh my god you do do you i well yeah because if i'm if i'm if i'm hiking (laughs) in the mountains i can know what altitude i'm at (laughs) even if it gets foggy that's incredible does that matter because if i don't want to get you see all these people getting lost in the mountains and getting what mountain rescue out You're going to be like, oh, well, there's only one place in the UK that's at 1,462 feet. I mean, that's the kind of dumb you can't argue with. So I'm just going <laughs> to... <laughs> Listen, man, fuck you. I'm going to get so ripped off this system. Yeah. And you're going to sure. be... You're Send me a picture of it. I will put it, on, put it on our Instagram when this thing comes because I, I want to see it. Of course. Yeah, of course. Mm. Uh, 
Anyway, we're ending this on a sour note. (laughs) (laughs) So if you want to. No, no. If you want to cheer us up by sending you. I really care about you guys. Oh, you always bring it home, don't you? Yeah, I care about Guyon too. And Monroe. (laughs) And Monroe. Yeah, there we Uh, go. There we uh, go. If you guys want to cheer us up by sending us videos of you gleeking, then please do. Uh, send it to callingmonroe at gmail.com or uh, our Instagram at callingmonroe. Uh, mur, 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 mur. What else? What else? I'm going to self-promote. It's Monday right now when you're listening. On Saturday, two days ago, then uh, I put a new song on Spotify. I know so you did because I tried to, to click it. on the link and it didn't work because it's not until Saturday. I know. So uh, <sighs> you can, if you click on the link, you can pre-save it to your Spotify. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so do that. Listen to him. it has Seth Sharp on it. He's been a guest on our ep- on our podcast. Listen to that song with Seth Sharp. It's called. Why don't we have Eel. that as our outro this week? Ooh, listen to you. Okay, cool. Let's do that. Uh, keep on trucking. Goodbye, folks. Yeah. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye bye. Somebody find me. Somebody find what I've become. Somebody cry, somebody cry out my name, what have I done? You are priceless, leave me breathless and I'll go, you are priceless, leave me breathless.